1: call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
0: The Around the NFL podcast. Doesn't get the Bob Costas joke.
2: Welcome to another edition of the Around the NFL podcast. My name is Dan Hantis. I come to you from a virtual room filled with some heroes. Mark Sessler, Greg Rosenthal, Virtual it has been, boys, for a year uh, this week. In fact, it was one year ago on Saturday that we began the Bunker Casts. And it was the three of us and, of course, the great, late Chris Wessling. And I thought on this occasion... We did it on a Saturday? No, no, but it falls on a Saturday at the anniversary. Oh, I see. Um, oh, wow. I thought uh, to mark this um, passage of time to just check out uh, how how it all sounded when we did our first ever bunker cast with an added bonus of uh, hearing Chris's voice. So let's uh, let's hear what it sounded like one year ago this week. Welcome to another edition of the Around the NFL podcast, presented by Intuit QuickBooks, official sponsor of the NFL. My name is Dan Hansis, and I am joined in a city. Filled with heroes. Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, Greg Rosenthal. Oh my goodness, what is up, boys? Hey, Dan. Ufa.
3: <laughs> this Oof-a. is an odd one. <laughs>
2: this, is, this is different territory for, uh, well, I was going to say for the podcast, but then let me just, I'm going to pull that back, go above the treetops, and say um, human civilization,
4: at least the, in <laughs> modern culture. So... <laughs> Here we are. Well, I think we should explain where we are. We're in five different houses uh, littered across the Los Angeles area on uh, some Google Hangout that Erica Tamposi did a great job setting up. There it is. Um,
2: yes, Ricky, and welcome back, Ricky Hollywood, rigged uh, a temporary setup to allow us to even do that, to, to do a remote show, which we had never done one before. And uh, it's really funny as a time capsule, boys, to go back and check it out because, uh, first of all, I say at one point, well, we'll be here this week, probably back in the studio next week. Um, (laughs) I also I also say, oh, guys, sorry, I missed I I didn't realize that I had I missed the previous show, the last show at the studio because mm-hmm. I had an illness which was probably almost definitely the coronavirus that I had picked up. Uh but at the time I did not think I didn't think that <laughs> was the case. But uh it, it it's pretty amazing we're still doing this one year later and not amazing in a good way.
4: Yeah, I um I feel uncomfortable hearing that. I'm glad it was a, a small portion. That's the first time I've heard my voice on our podcast since the last time you played it. It makes me want to puke. And I can only imagine, Still? yeah, like just just the naive, naivety. And I remember I I was we were pushing to do the daily bunker cast. It's like this is something we're gonna like look back and like remember. And what what a cool like thing that we're gonna stand apart and do this and and that's all fine we'll like be doing it together that's all fine but I think part of that was like a thought of you know it's only gonna be for a certain amount of time a moment of time that we look back on Um in hindsight it's like I w- I don't know if I if, if I had known we had been doing it for a year I'd be like okay let's just keep our normal schedule let's not get too crazy well it
3: was it was the start <laughs> of
4: free agency
3: and I thought we right that made, that part made sense yeah. right our method was to like no one, everyone else was kind of shut down and, and thanks to Erica and setting it up the way we did I think we went leaned into it hard and I know that you know within days of Corona landing I was renting Airbnbs and like just enjoying the the version of it that um, let's
1: backtrack a little bit because okay. I have been gone a week um so what, like, do you guys realize that the show wouldn't have existed if it wasn't for me? Oh, and I think I think Greg did a great job in that clip, you know, actually giving me some credit. And Mark, you did too. But Dan, I think you you should probably jump on now and just kind of, you know, talk a little bit about. Here we go.
2: No, I was just, yeah. th- I was thinking that if we felt like we were boxed, then I could have given a El Cid a call or La Cid a call and we could have. Okay. Yeah. Up, yeah. Well, you know. this
1: episode no, is deleted. Yeah. <laughs> It's true. No, I it was mean, amazing,
2: Ricky. You, you were a huge part of
4: uh, getting us running, and you helped the entire company because everybody was caught with their pants down, as it were. Right. I mean, the pandemic's really hurt, you know, the ability to produce podcasts. If you look around the country, it's <laughs> been like no one's been able um, to overcome this sort of challenge. Greg, do you know what kind of it.
1: work it takes to make your nasally annoy? You say you want to puke when you listen yeah. to yourself. What about yeah. the thousands and thousands of people that listen to the show? Do you know how much work I have to do so they're not puking out their car windows, out their houses. Are you insinuating that you home?
2: auto-tune Greg's voice? Yeah. I his. mean, I
1: have to. If he's going to throw digs, like, you're going to get it right back.
2: You know, listen, it's like a brother and sister, the two of them. Um, Live wire. And you'll notice also that, <clears throat> I, you know, I was listening to the first, like, six or seven minutes. Didn't hear a lot from Wes there, and it did make me think, as we're very, you know, thinking back with uh, with Wes, and, and I was thinking how, like, the four of us as, as a team – if I'm like all bombast and arena rock, and Mark is prog rock or maybe a jam band, depends on what day you get him. Greg likes rap, uh, and then Wes. Wes was like jazz. You know, he picked his spots and he filled the space with like smooth efficiency. That was Wes, and uh, he would he would get the definitely the highest PFF score of uh, the podcast because he didn't. Uh, he didn't need to fill up the space like someone that's
4: talking right now. <laughs> yeah, he's like, um, you know, he was a big NBA fan. I'm becoming more of one. You know, if he was an NBA player, he's like Joel Embiid. It's like he's efficient with those minutes. Like, efficient with you, you give him the ball, like you, he's gonna score. I, I mean, you have a he was a, a Spurs fan because Offense, he just loved defense. their brand. Tim the Duncan, game. maybe
2: he's Tim Duncan. That's West a better was comparison. the big fundamental. Uh, of the podcast game. Um <clears throat> anyway, that that is Memory Road. We ended up doing um, thirty-three bunker casts. That's what they were titled before. Just saying, oh, this isn't stopping, so we stopped calling them bunker casts, and here we are, twelve months later. But we ho- did it
4: daily for, I think, through the draft. That was about the moment where we stopped. So that's Mark makes a good point. It was free agency that week. That makes sense, and we'll be hitting. You know, we'll 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 have special coverage next week and everything. But to keep it going for six more weeks after that, that's maybe how I look back and like, well, I don't know if that really. I, that
3: I love sense. Greg's just um <laughs> innate. Uh, sort of just the way he is is so nostalgic about the past, and just it's a man just who can't get the fond memories out of out
4: of the memory bank. There's a warmth I, when you a look warmth. It's I mean, not it was a pandemic,
3: to be fair. But. It's
4: not about warmth. It's don't you? Almost everything I do, and this is more a personal thing, but or but as a group and everything. The only thing I look back on and just think and think about is the things that could have been better. That's maybe a bad way to you know the things we could have done better. I'm joking about doing it every day, but just I, I in it. hindsight, you know. I think we've done
3: a few things um, adequately uh, to an adequate dis- level. No, and when
2: I and I look back at those shows, and I did them, I was doing them in my garage, my rented garage, um, and uh, I I remember I think back at those shows that like it felt like there was a little bit of safety in numbers because it was a, a very scary time mm-hmm. and everything was being turned upside down in a way that none of us had ever experienced before and I think that's part of the reason we're like let's do a show every day because then there was the the 30 to 45 minutes probably an hour where we were you know together and life
4: was normal on some level so that's that, how I think Yeah that's absolutely true. I'm glad I'm glad you you said it that way. We've done this all together. We almost take it we've almost are used to it now. We are used to it. That we've done this. Um but that's part of the reason, you know, Chris is passing it is part of, like, this year, you know, this crazy pandemic year. My daughter is going to go to school next week for 90 minutes only for the entire week, by the way. But that'll be the first time she's in school, and my son, you know, since since that week. She, they have not been there once since, which, is, which was also a nice little bonus with the podcast. It gave us something to do that was not, um, right. you know, <laughs> watching them while they're not in school. But it, it is... We're still so in the middle of it that it's like we've gotten used to it, and it's fucking crazy. It's fucking so f-ing. weird, so <laughs> weird. And uh, you heard Ricky's back, and we're happy to have Ricky Hollywood
2: back. And thank you to Stephen Manny for helping out while she was gone. Uh, Erica sat down with Sarah Thomas, the first female official in NFL history. She actually became the first woman to officiate a Super Bowl um, last month, and uh, Erica interviewed uh, Miss Thomas today. And uh, and an old mark, an old nod to. DDFP, and how we got our humble start with the ATL Debate Club. Uh, Ricky will be on the back end of the show with Sarah Thomas. Looking forward to that, Erica. I'm, I know you were happy with how it turned
4: out. Prime real yeah. estate. Good yeah. job.
1: It was awesome. No, she was she was really cool and, and we had a lot of fun. So I People think should will...
4: check it out. We're going to have part... I'm sure you'll put it on, on social too, Ricky, but we'll have it on the Around the NFL broadcast, which is back. How about that? We're, for, back. Uh, maybe, we're maybe, back! Who knows? Maybe all those podcasts help us actually get... A slot on the network finally. Because we have had it during the pandemic, and hopefully that continues. even when there's not a like global catastrophe going on well, you it's know, but it's show. nice we're there we're there for good, and I, I hope we're there for good uh throughout the season and everything
3: either that or we've been just sort of used by the executives to to you know fill time
0: and I hope things that. get back
3: to normal get these clowns out of here. We got a new commercial, Mark saw, so I'm excited about oh, really? yeah they updated it well, they did it they did a nice little update because Ricky, they, in tra- the previous one, yeah, in the previous <laughs> one um, they have me saying like you just can never doubt the Patriots or something like that <laughs> well, they, they, while they were like going, they were going in, you know, deep into, into hell. Um, this time around, it's a more bland comment that you can't really tell what,
2: now what it's I'm Mark. Saying, like is better. Mark's like, you always have to doubt the Patriots. They just made a, a slight, <laughs> slight edit to update it. Um, all right, let's get into it. We have a, a big new show in honor of the bunker cast um, and how we started a year ago. We're just going to kind of rip through some news And then end um, with a little what you people don't realize as we uh, look ahead to free agency. The legal tampering period starts on Monday. So let's uh, get into it and do some news, starting with a big move at quarterback for the Cowboys. That's not
1: the way it works. That's not the way it works. But uh, we've got some guys that
0: uh, uh, are are uh, circumcising the fly, and uh, so to speak. Wait, what? But uh, the bottom line is, we've got it down to the nitty gritty.
2: <laughs> you know, Jarrah, and he had a press conference with people there, um, which was a bit of a return to normality, at least in Texas, um, an actual press conference, and he and he brought up the circumcising. An insect again. If you remember, a few years back, it was circumcised the mosquito, and that wasn't the first time. Now it's a fly. I still don't know what it means. Does anybody no, know still, what, it, what "jera" but, means? It's an old down south um, expression, and I, I'm I'm steeped in Texan culture because of my marriage, but I still don't know what that is. I might I'd, have to ask. I'd my be the last to know. I mean, I, it feels like a completely unnecessary get, procedure.
4: Also, but I mean, I think, yeah, that's the idea. I think that the idea is it's saying you don't need to get too deep into the weeds here. Let's not let's not lose the the forest for the trees to use another metaphor. Let's not get so hyper specific that we're circumcising uh, the mosquito. And when we really should just be happy, we have this great mosquito uh, that Zach Prescott that doesn't need to be circumcised. Wait a second. This is totally it totally fell apart. How do we say what we say that instead? Yeah. What is Jerry telling us here? Because sometimes I do think people tell on themselves by what they kind of notice in others or the phrases that they use. And I don't know what he's saying, you know, po- by always bringing up circumcision. It might That's be something I mean. that that he has to deal with as a person. That's what I mean. That's I'm I'm, I'm totally with you. So <laughs> Cut you that please for that.
3: social.
2: All right. Let's <laughs> yeah, get please, into it. Yeah, please take that. <laughs> the Cowboys uh, announced with their typical uh, spectacle that they have re-signed Dak Prescott to a four-year, $160 million contract. He gets $126 million guaranteed, a no-trade clause that's the most... Um, what You always have to have one record, so everybody goes home happy. Is the $126 million guaranteed the most ever? Is that what the record Dak got? I believe yes, so. it reset yeah. the market, yeah. And it uh, keeps Prescott there. Uh, he turns 28 in July, so through his age 32 season. And... Uh, they get the deal done, which, Mark, I think is um, good for the Cowboys uh, because Dak is, a to me, a top 10 quarterback. Um, also good for us because we don't have to hear about Dak Prescott's contract anymore.
3: I mean, I just think about the fact that in, you know, four-plus games, he threw for almost 1,900 yards and how dangerous their offense was before he was wiped off the field with that terrible injury. I am happy for him because, you know— Tucked inside an absurd press conference um, and, and I understand that for a, I will pause on that for a second I will just say that I What I liked about the press conference Was that you really got a sense Of how the other people inside that build, building Feel about Dak Prescott That they that this is a this he has grown as a leader he is an unquestioned franchise quarterback and I'm just glad that it's that it's finished and done and he said the same thing Dak Prescott said that it meant a lot to have this behind him and that you can really it allows you just to focus and I imagine it would and and you know Stephen Jones talked about the fact that the quarterback market everywhere else is so um, volatile and undecided that they knew they had a sure thing and so for all those reasons I like it. the way that this was handled press conference-wise, and, and honestly went on for an hour and 45 minutes or close to that, was <laughs> highly absurd. And, and, and I, I don't want to be overly cynical because that was just my raw um, response to it after it reached 50 to 60 minutes. Um, completely unnecessary uh, outside of the fact that Dak Prescott, you know, looking sideways at Jerry Jones when he'd utter some of his absurd commentaries um, – but this is a Cowboys way of doing things. But we haven't had a press conference like that in Dallas. They said for 400 days. Um, am I am I being too cynical? I don't need that presentation and those well, bells and whistles. Don't watch
4: it, then it's not for you. Right, right. Also, but, like I, but the even the nature, fact that it
3: that it was tolerated to go on for that long. The very nature, sure but people the people
4: will. there, I think, wanted it to. You right, it's not like it. there was no questions or
2: anything. I I think the 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 nature of a news conference is for the assembled media to get what they're looking for, for the team to give their uh, version of where they're at. And then it gets disseminated in, in portions. Uh, now, the fact that you use your off day to watch an hour and 45 minutes, I mean, that's kind of on you, isn't it, Mark? Yeah,
3: yeah, I was not tracking every minute of it, but it was just like literally on in our living room, which is a rare occurrence. But I, I came into went the went full room. Rosenthal. I did. I, I came into the room seven or eight times little, over the of course
4: it. of two hours, and it was still on. I watched. I watched ten minutes of it, and that was good. Um, I I think it's it's a Cowboys way of doing it, and it doesn't surprise me that it bothers you, Mark, because you do not like hubris. You do not like um, unnecessary self promotion. You know, not necessarily necessarily like people that value the almighty buck over having integrity, and those are. That's the Cowboys. Like, that's why they are the Cowboys. Listening to Jerry Jones, I think, and we can get into the specifics. I do want to of just like the football and the contract. But jumping off you, Mark, like listening to him, you would get the sense that they were an extremely successful franchise over the last 30 years, maybe the most. And because in his mind, they are. And in a lot of the way that our country values um, the world, they are. Because they've made the most money. Like he he did refer a few times, like if there's someone I wanna lose a you know, um a contract negotiation to this is the guy to my life who's going to take advantage. Please, no one believes that you're saying that. You know that you're taking advantage of all these players. You've made so much money. He said, like, you got to overpay any good deal I've ever made. You got to overpay. You didn't overpay for the Cowboys. So it was an incredible thing. They print cash. And I think to Jerry Jones, that is success. Of course, he wants to win the Super Bowl, but I think he's as competitive or more as a businessman. And I, and the way they run that press conference is part of the reason why that's true and that's fine but as a fan i don't care about all that so if i'm a cowboys fan i'm almost annoyed that they see themselves as the team when they're not they're they've been losing they've been a mediocre team at best for 30 years so i, I i'm with you mark On that. i mean they haven't yep. gone to the super bowl in 25 years and that's that you can't get past
2: that and but i guess there's a part of it it's like they are the dallas cowboys that they, they are about spectacle and that's why there's many people who hate the cowboys even when when they were great and they were backing it up with success on the field, it's the star and it's the spotlight and it's look at us. And we have the biggest stadium and the biggest place. And again, a lot of this, Ties into the the culture of the region where they come from. And, and bigger is better in Texas, so I don't know, man. I think it's good to have different types of franchises and some that that love it and handle things like this. And then there, there'll be other organizations that I guess a press release will suffice, and maybe that's minimalist <laughs> enough for for you, Mark. I don't know. I, maybe no, there's well, maybe well, there's well, hold a hold middle on. ground. Okay. This is like I'm a Gen I'm X thing. I'm not one of these
3: like I'm not I'm not like I think it's fair to note that there was an absurdity to it. Um, I'm not asking for it to be banned like we're in communist Russia <laughs> or something. I, it's fine. It can go on. You're right. I don't have to watch it along with thousands of out, of other totally worthless shows that are out there that I don't watch. Um, I'm fine with a, with a couple organizations being the way they are, and that is the Cowboys stamp, but, my, but I think that Greg nailed it. Here's the problem. He spent like, there were like 30 mentions of Super Bowl trophies and this and that, and it's like, You've been a bad team. You've underperformed. You've been a team that gets to the playoffs and never gets the job done for a quarter century. There's zero accountability. If you're a fan of the Dallas Cowboys, and we all know a few, unless you have your head in the clouds, You'd have to be furious with this owner and the way the team has mostly been run outside of the fact that no matter what they do, they're never punished for it. They're put on television 30 times. The record is mediocre. The quarterbacks go on to become better announcers than they were quarterbacks, save for Troy Aikman. I'm tired of
4: it. To, to Mark's point, and we, we'll get to the football. Uh, that would be great at some point. Yeah, I will. I understand. I will. But we, the point has been made. It is, because, it is interesting, right. though. But to to Mark's point, they wouldn't have done that press conference. for When Josh Allen signs his deal, if Josh Allen talks for 145, they'll cut away after 15 minutes. I've seen it. I've seen it I've been annoyed by it actually when they do it too quickly you know if it was Lamar Jackson when he signs his deal they'll cut away they're not going to leave it on TV but it's because people watch it and people like it I you know and they are they are different and uh, they're they're similar now that they have this quarterback on their contract for 40 million I think it's overrated that's like you can't build a team around a, a quarterback with a lot of money that that to me is overrated but it doesn't mean that we all weren't right when we first guessed two years ago that the Cowboys are just going to end up paying way more for dragging this out. This is not something we're second-guessing. We say, if, you, if we go back and listen to the podcast two years ago, he said them dragging their feet is going to cost them more money, and the two contracts that have changed the quarterback structure the most are Kirk Cousins and Dak Prescott, and it's because they got to the franchise tag, and it's because they got to the second franchise tag. So they did not self-evaluate. That's been something I've been banging on this entire time we've ever had a podcast. I think it's Jerry Jones's biggest problem. He He doesn't know who's worth paying or not on his own roster. And I think that it cost him a little here. I mean, not, nothing crazy, but if they just paid him a couple of years ago, um, you know, they'd be paying him eight or nine million dollars less. They'd have a little more or less, you know, a little more to spend. The contract seems OK to me. It doesn't seem. I mean, it's all
2: funny money at a certain point, but I, I, I didn't get the feeling when I read the news, like, oh, man, this really did screw the Cowboys in the end. And a four year deal that's, I think, works for both sides. You know, I, I think about it, though, and I know you just said you don't put much stock in it, but I think um, history backs it up a little bit is once you do sign that second contract out of your rookie deal, it does get harder um, to build a team. It just dollars and cents. It's just he was a, uh, I believe, what was he, a third-round pick, Dak? Fourth. Fourth-round pick. And it's fair to to wonder if Dallas already had its best chance to win a Super Bowl with Dak Prescott when he was making virtually no money, when they had that dominant offensive line and Ezekiel Elliott was at the top of his powers and you had the opportunity to use all that extra cap space to build up a defense to make a well-rounded team. They could never do it. They had a couple good years there, um, but now they have to go about business in a different way and and getting back to – the point, and on, on some level, you were saying, Mark, that with the Cowboys, it's it's all sizzle and no steak sometimes. Is it going to be different this time? Have they learned lessons? Are they going to take this salary, absorb it into their cap, and be able to now um, rebound off last year? We'll see. I, don't, I, I think one thing that's fair to say is they don't really deserve the benefit of the doubt uh, in terms of team building. It's just the results haven't been there.
3: I do say I do think that the addition of Dan Quinn at defensive coordinator. I know he totally flamed out in Atlanta, but the coordinator world is just so different. I think that's going to be great for them. I mean, they have needs on defense and and but all a lot of players that last year completely fell off a cliff were better in previous years not under that horrible scheme they were in a year ago. And so, if that can improve, I do again look at this offense and how productive Dak Prescott was. I mean, he was on MVP pace. When he got injured, why can't they duplicate that? All, all those people, for the most part, the skill position players are all coming
4: back. he he's an, is a concern. He's an interesting player, Dak, because, you know, I, even on the show, we've been a little up and down because he was so good as a rookie, one of the best rookie seasons of all time by a quarterback. Not as good the next two years. But his fourth year, he, to me, he was so good that, that that proved beyond a shadow of a doubt where he was, which is as a top you know, eight to ten quarterback, maybe even better than that. And then he started last season great too. If you could play that well in your fourth season, I mean you're legit. But it's interesting. I think it was because he was a fourth round pick that the Cowboys trusted him ultimately a lot less than the Rams trusted Goff and the Eagles trusted Wentz. And here is Dak, you know, the the last one uh standing with his team. I think the the Zeke Elliott contract is gonna haunt them a hell of a lot more, and it already is. Um, I was going to say than the DAC one. Will. What
2: is I, I, how many more guaranteed money years does Z Cap? Because that feels like the next domino here. Uh, how are they going to have cap flexibility um, now that they have DAC under contract to get get out of that Z contract? But he just signed it last summer,
4: wasn't it? Right. He Oof. he only has his guaranteed Oof-a. money through this year, so actually, as even though they would have dead money to cut him or, or trade him uh next year like they'd still save money so he 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 needs to play well i think this year to to remain a cowboy and right. keep where, getting that money
2: where does ezekiel elliott fall on
4: your 2022 uh free agency <laughs> 101 <So> that's, <laughs> that's where he's at it's a good question <laughs> 27th i'm gonna ma- i'm gonna make a prediction right now 27 20th, all right 27th good. next year all right. Before we go full
2: Skip Bayless, let's get out of this Cowboys talk and talk about other things in the NFL. Um, the the Chiefs are making a big move at offensive line. Couple of big moves. They have parted ways with both of their starting tackles, former number one overall draft pick Eric Fisher, veteran Mitchell Schwartz, uh, in a moves that saves uh, close to twenty million against the salary cap, uh, but puts the Chiefs, the defending AFC champions, in a position where they have to rebuild their offensive line in two key spots. Greg, I know um, uh, there was predictions of a "quote unquote" massacre, um, which you poo pooed a little bit. Um, but there's no way really to tell like whether um, what team's intentions would have been if the salary cap was two hundred instead of one eighty three. I wonder if it was if they had more bubble room if both their tackles are gone right now.
4: Yeah, I think that's a fair question. I think there's going to be some exceptions that a, a player that would that got cut this year maybe wouldn't have been in in a normal year. I just think that's the exception. But Eric Fisher might be that exception. I think Schwartz for them to cut him right after he had back surgery, they know a lot about his condition. He's a four time All Pro. I mean that that tells me they just don't think he can return to his previous level and that sounds like something you would do regardless. Now Fisher is is young a little younger, but he's coming off a late January Achilles injury and you know he's not going to be the same all season, so do you really keep him out? You keep him on the roster just for 2022? Maybe not in a year like this where by the way the Chiefs I think were you know among the three or four worst position teams heading into this period. they they It wasn't just the Saints. You know, the Saints got a lot of attention. The Chiefs were in a tough spot, but they didn't have a lot of logical moves. You know, they're going to push money around. And uh, I put them on, like, potential surprise cuts, but I thought it'd be one or the other, Schwartz or Fisher. And for them to do it both, they only have one starter remaining from their offensive line that won the Super Bowl, and that was Duvernay Tardif. My Miguel guy, who sat out last year, he's the only one left off of their Super Bowl offensive line, which is crazy.
3: That's why I think you're still going to see free agent Lyman get paid. Um, but if you're the Chiefs, you know you 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 have to turn around and pay people like instead of paying these two. I think it's health related on uh, for Mitchell Schwartz too, because there's been whispers that he might retire. I mean, it was during that Super Bowl run where, you know, according, according to any metrics you look at, he had one of the greatest playoff um, journeys of any right tackle ever. It, it was flawless for them two seasons ago. So the idea that we're now in a place where the Chiefs have to rebuild from scratch and you got to nail it because bottom line, I know it's a one game sample, but what happened to them, what happened to Patrick Mahomes in that entire offense with a, with a compromised, banged up offensive line and neither one of those two tackles in the game they were boring. They were not fun to watch. They were unproductive and mistake prone. Uh, right. Your offensive line goes away, you're in hot water. I don't care who you are.
2: Against a mediocre defense and pass rush, the greatness of Mahomes is going to cover up a lot of warts. But as you can see, when the competition steps up, you're highly vulnerable, and um, that's why the Chiefs got blown out in the
4: Super Bowl. They feel which, more vulnerable. Really, you know, everyone said like they're just going to you know keep soaring year after year, and. I always think it's it's really tough. Every year is different. Um, and they're still going to be one of the favorites, but they do feel they're going to go into this season feeling more vulnerable, feeling like one of the pack of four or five or seven teams instead of being the, the one that stands apart.
2: People got to stop writing that article the week after the team wins the Super Bowl. You know, Team Blank just lifted the Lombardi, and there's no reason to think they won't keep winning. It's like... It's hard to retain a <laughs> roster, to uh, bring in fresh talent when your draft pick isn't premium and your cap is in a tough spot cuz you have so much great talent on your roster. Uh, stop assuming things. Uh, all right, let's move. When's the last time a team repeated a Super Bowl champion? Greg knows. Maybe Patriots. Yes. Come on,
4: come on. <laughs> well, your memory sometimes a th- little th- and down. Three, oh 304. I mean in 304. Uh, they it's break all the rules. 21. They it they hasn't break happened. all the rules. That's and true. when what before
2: the Pats? Who was the last repeat champion? Cowboys, Cowboys. right? Speaking Niners. Ways, before the, that. Oh, the
4: Broncos. The Broncos. Oh, the Broncos. Won the oh, no, no, Broncos. Yeah. And um, and the Seahawks. <laughs> to be fair, were, were a Malcolm Butler interception away. That would have been back to back, right? Am yes, I crazy? it would have been. Yeah, would the have
2: Broncos been. fans would have absolutely killed us if uh, you didn't uh, correct.
3: <laughs> well, <laughs> like I would that. say one quick thing about those because it's, it's all the, you have, the Broncos, Broncos the 98 fans. Ninety-eight Broncos oh. team is one of the most underrated Super Bowl juggernauts around. I think they just get forgotten because there were all these NFC dynasties around them. That team was absolutely
4: unstoppable. Please, Greg. You're right. Uh,
2: please, Mark. Jets were up ten nothing in the third quarter of the AFC title game. Don't bring that up; it hurts. A great too much. year,
4: though. He's right that you were a great. That was it a hurts great. Too you're going to have your close games, you know, in the playoffs here and there. But he's right; that team was yeah. incredible. I did
3: not do that as an anti-Jets <laughs> rant, Dan. Just to let you know, if we, was, if, uh,
4: if we yeah. get past the
2: Broncos, we have the Falcons on two-week break with Bill Belichick as the DC and Bill Parcells as head coach. We walk into the Lombardi. Mm
3: you anyway. I hear you would have won that game.
2: All right, let's move on. Uh the Saints, they make some moves. They're always trying to get under the cap and uh this year it's they're making some painful moves. Emmanuel Sanders. Um he gets cut as does so the wide receiver and Quan Alexander, uh the linebacker both um Heading out the door, saves $4 million by cutting Sanders. $13 million saved against the cap, getting rid of Quan Alexander, who's uh, making his way back from an Achilles injury in December. Alexander just 26, Manny um, in his early 30s, and was, I thought, effective with them considering their QB issues with injuries this year. I'm sure um, he'll, he'll get work. They both will. Uh, the
4: Saints have some work to do. They They do. And neither was a surprise to me. Uh, I don't think the Saints have done anything surprising this off season except for tag Marcus Williams, that they their safety, which we'll get to. But you know the the other tags. But that that was surprising to me because that's going to cost them ten million. Shows how much they value him. Uh, it's been fun to kind of follow. This is my idea of fun. You know, over the cap, their cap <laughs> space page. It's like it's like the Saints were at two hundred and seventy million dollars over the cap. But like each day, it just comes down a little more. And now it's down under thirty and and they haven't they haven't made a move yet that is surprising the one thing i have heard um, from some of the you know that i that i wonder about too is just is my, is a michael Tom, a michael thomas trade to me would be the one big surprise move they could make because I'm not sure what else they're going to do to get under the cap. Maybe it's just moving money around. But that is that would be a move that I I wouldn't totally shock me. It makes a little sense. Maybe a trade, too. Right, that's what, what I mean, a trade, yeah. a, a Michael Thomas trade where you get yes. that contract off the books, he'd certainly have suitors if they wanted to do that. I,
2: I think he would have suitors, but there is some buzz on the streets that he's a bit of a pain in the ass on a high level. Is that somebody you want to bring in? I don't know. He's I a mean, great talent, obviously. There's proof of that a year ago, too. I mean, there were, right. you know, uh, they cut Janoris Jenkins too. Jack,
4: Jack Rabbit could be the. He was good. Brother. He'll get a, He'll get a contract. He was They're good. last twenty four
3: million year. over about that at this point or over the cap. They're, and so it, to your point, Greg, it's like everyone's going to get under. But I mean, they've had to cut. They the Saints to me move out of like Super Bowl window territory hmm. entirely in my book.
4: I want to um, see want to see what they end up with. They always find a way and so far they haven't I wouldn't be surprised if Janoris Jenkins is back. Like that contract was signed with the Giants. He was not making 13 million in any season. It reminds me a little bit of Carlos Dunlop where like you could see him back on the same team but just for 7 or 8 million or something like that.
2: What do you have um, Greg for the Saints if Jameis Winston is the starter? You got 19 and 0, 18 and 1,
4: 17 and 2. Like where do you come down? Well that's what I'm hoping for. Or I don't really want Winston with the Patriots because I think that would go poorly, <laughs> but I kinda just want to see it out of curiosity. Uh I'm gonna go eleven and five with Jameis, um, but a nice playoff run. The type of, you know, playoff oh, performance okay. they haven't gotten enough out of their quarterbacks uh lately. So right. the
3: upshot is Drew Brees exits and everything
4: starts to become productive again. No, January. I mean, 11 and 5 is technically a worse record than they've had. But yeah, in January, that's when we haven't seen it, but that's when you see the that's best. That's Jameis Winston money time. Th- yeah, that's I, Nor-
2: I work under that assumption as well. Uh, in other news, the Buffalo Bills part ways with John Brown, their deep threat wide receiver, who, you know, always a West favorite, John Brown. In fact, I was just thinking how uh, Norris Jenkins, West always just referred to him as Jack Rabbit, just, you know conversationally, always referred to John Brown as smoke. Uh, And it made me think that despite the ankle injuries and injuries in general for Brown, uh, he could be somebody's bargain at the right price in free agency. Because if Wes believes it, and I know Wes would say that, um, then i believe it. I would point to the fact that, like, I know
3: last year he, he played in, what, nine games? But in the previous two seasons, he missed a combined two. So it's not been all injuries all along, but he had the sickle cell situation and he saves them 7.9 million. And I think if you look at the bills a little bit, um, like they didn't franchise tag Matt Milano, I think it's because they're going to turn around and have to spend some money. And I look at their offensive line. It's one area where they've got guys leaving the building and they can't just, you've got Daryl Williams gone, John Feliciano, like you're going to have to replace these bodies. There's a, Couple of playoff teams out here with with who are going to be chasing offensive linemen.
4: Yeah, I want. I would want my team. Any if if your team signs John Brown, I'd be excited. I mean, West, you're right about Wes. He saw that in him right off the bat when he was a fourth receiver in in Arizona, uh, and he could not have been uh, more on point. I think he was a difference maker last year when he played. He was hurt. I mean, look, he had a he had a nice playoff game. I forget which one it was. I think it was. It was uh, their divisional round win over the Browns. Like he, he's pure speed. He's 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 got subtle, you know, skills. He's just banged up and he's a small guy. But I would love to get him if I was another team. I'm trying to think of a uh, contender that was missing that type of presence. How about how about the Ravens? How about I mean, yeah, the, going back to the Ravens where he had a nice season for them before. Yeah. Hmm. All right. Uh, in other
2: news, franchise tag. Greg, you were very concerned about the franchise tag and the timing of it and whether it would be pushed back or not. It wasn't. It went down as scheduled, and a bunch of players got tagged, and a bunch of players didn't that you thought could. So Chris Godwin of the Bucs, he gets the tag. Marcus Williams, as Greg mentioned, the Saints. Marcus May, the safety for the Jets, among 10 players tagged, uh, not tagged. And this is a little bit more interesting, obviously, because – These players are hitting free agency and there's a pretty decent chance uh, they will be playing elsewhere in 2021. Kenny Galladay uh, with the Lions, Aaron Jones, Hunter Henry, Matthew Judon, Shaq Lawson. Not tagged. Galladay jumps out to me. I wanted to um, start there because you really get the feeling that Jared Goff's in a lot of trouble here uh, in Detroit, (laughs) like a lot. And I wonder if, I wonder if he um, came to realize that now when he learned that Galladay wasn't coming back. Because Kenny Galladay is a big-time receiver, and he was injured last year. Uh, but he was a guy, I think I even wrote uh, in a, a faulty column uh, over the summer last year that he was primed to join the Superstar Club, um, and it just didn't work out for him. But he he's going to be uh, really... Uh, talented quality player for whatever team he ends up with and it makes me think that Goff is just like a patsy being set up to fail <laughs> for a team that can absorb his contract as they plan for a tomorrow without him they got yep. these two first round picks from the Rams uh, they they say you know what we're not trying to win so this hideous salary that Goff has is not a problem for the time being and then we're gonna go two and fourteen we are the two, we are the Jags of last year we're the Jets of last year we're gonna get the number one pick we're gonna be loaded up and we're gonna be in the catbird seat like uh, Joe Douglas is this year and 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 we're gonna roll and Jared Goff's just gonna be left holding the bag here as bag of money, but that's all he's going to have. Uh, so Galladay not being around most likely is very bad news for Jared Goff. There is whispers
3: that the the, the Dolphins and the Giants are hot on Kenny Galladay. I think you diagnosed the Lions situation perfectly. It's like he, there was no, the Lions weren't seeking Jared Goff as a destination future quarterback. I think that there is an agreement between Dan Campbell and ownership that this is a deep rebuild. We're not going to try to just float along as seven and nine for the next three hundred mm-hmm. years, but cut it down to the studs. And, and they've acquired all these draft picks. I think that was what the move was,
4: right? And they'll they'll get one more, assuming Galladay stays healthy, um, as a compensatory third round pick. You know, when when he signs elsewhere, still surprised me. Was the biggest surprise to me, just because I was told. That, You know, that people that are had, you know, people were guessing, you know, our Ian Rapport kind of reported it's going to happen. So I wonder if they didn't see a trade market for him as a tag and trade and they just decided why why would we pay $17 million to a guy when we're, as you mentioned, I think, Dan, you hit it on the head uh, with Goff and the Lions, when we're not really looking to win this year. I guess it doesn't make sense, but it it stinks. You know, they've only drafted so many good players, and I love Galladay. Uh, the Giants make so much sense to me. I mean, the Dolphins would too. I, it, really, any team, a lot so of many teams. teams right, yeah, so you many need teams. A big could time use
2: receiver with a high ceiling. I think he's yeah. 26 years old. Uh, and by the way, do you think when Dan Campbell was talking about biting kneecaps, he was talking about Jared Goff as one of those people? <laughs>
3: You'd
4: have to factor that in at this point. That may be one of the targets. He did talk about, like, completely rebuilding, and he he was pretty honest about it. And, yeah, when you let the... I have Galladay seventh on my list. uh, That was a a shock to me. And the other one um, that really surprised me was Cam Rock... Aaron Jones, by the way, I was a little surprised. He's number three on my list that they didn't just want to pay him $8 million. We'll see. Maybe he'll return there. There's some buzz about that. Uh, But then Cam Robinson getting tagged by the Jaguars really surprised me. So I think they're the opposite of the Lions, which is I think they're going to spend stupid money. They have the most cap space. They just seem like... They're desperate to win now. Urban Meyer and and Trent Balky's back, and he's just going to do whatever he wants, and he's going to set the top of the market, and he's going to do things like franchise tag, a left tackle they drafted that really hasn't been that great, but just because, like, why not spend the money? There, there are people that know the Packers far better than I do, so I'm not going to go in
2: too hard on this, but it doesn't make sense to me. If you have a chance to put the tag on Aaron Jones... Uh, a running back put him essentially on a one year deal for money that is in the ballpark of the best uh, running backs in the league in terms of payment but not at the top of the market like you do it because Aaron Rodgers is 38 years old and 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 you you've gotten close to the mountaintop the last 2 years put the best team on the field possible. Now, they may be saying we can take this money that we're not going to pay Aaron Jones if he doesn't come back. I'm working on this. Yeah, they might they might get him back, maybe it sounds they, like. Maybe they bring him back and everything's fine. But if this ends with him walking out the door and they think we're just going to reallocate those assets, I don't know, man. I mean, that guy has been a stud, and there's a reason their offense has been so um, incredibly efficient uh, in the last season, and it's it's a lot of it is obviously Rodgers, but Jones gave him that balance well uh, that, mm-hmm. playing with fire i think i think they must it tells
3: you good things about what they think about aj dillon um because he's going to shift in and become a lead guy but jones is irreplaceable okay, maybe. 30, well i i am i'm, I'm just sure saying thing. that this stuff happens though where it's yeah. like especially at the running back position they they don't want to pay 8 million dollars to a running back and they're and they're telling us that but i mean there are these suggestions that maybe jones goes out and tests the market doesn't get the deal he thinks um, and comes back to Green Bay. May, and, and then you get him for more than one
2: season. He gone. If he hits the open market, he's gone. I mean, and if you really do value Aaron Jones, put the tag on him and then try to work out a deal. And then if you can't work out a deal, he's still on your team. Or maybe you trade him if you really want to go down. That. I don't know, man. I Again, there are people out there that know the Packers better, but it just struck me as strange. The Bucks re-signed Levante David to a 2 year contract 25 million 20 million guaranteed um 31 years old PFF their number one coverage linebacker last year so this guy has wow. been one of the great um defensive players in bucks history and now he's got a super bowl ring on top of it and now he's got more security so good for levante david greg does this one surprise you a little bit
4: well the money surprised me a little bit um another uh west favorite he was on that yeah, I remember early 2013, 14 on our podcast that this is one of the great linebackers in the league. I think if if he had been on the Patriots or some other team, he, you'd be talking about him as a potential Hall of Famer. May, maybe he'll get there. Um, I I am looking for though a text that I just know will make you happy, Dan, mm. um, from our you know friend Mike Berkowitz, who you know is uh, a big Patriots fan, and uh, I, you know I want to get this right, but the 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 idea is basically he like he's basically transferred allegiances. He still loves the Patriots, but he started. He's one of those guys that just started rooting for the Bucks, and he was like, "It's nice to finally root for a franchise that like values their veterans and like holds on to the guys that have been you know great in their uniform." It's nice to you know I, you finally know, root for for a franchise with loyalty. I'm like, you're well, crazy. what a smooth. <laughs> I mean, he crazy. really hit the ground
3: running as a fan to go from I mean, the tail right. end of the Patriots experience right into this.
4: Right. I mean, he still likes the Patriots, but that's it cracked me up. Sounds <laughs> like you like Tom Brady more than you like the
2: Patriots. But uh, no, I'm with him 100. percent. percent. All right. Uh, let's see. Speaking of the Patriots they are taking phone calls. We're hearing on the Harry, their underwhelming wide receiver. I believe he was a second round pick a couple of years ago. Um, and uh, what kind of market does that guy have, Greg? I mean, let's be honest here.
3: Mm, not much. I don't know. I have to why is I, this? Why is this even like an urgent thing happening right now? Who is how many? What like teams in our are, news
2: rundown? I thought well, no, How put many? In there how many teams are
3: it? calling up the Patriots? I saw this report too yesterday, and it's like
4: okay. I thought you would have fun with it. See, sometimes I try to give you some red meat, there, uh, Dan. No, it's I sort appreciate of a, that. It's a sign of just like it's a. It's just funny when these reports come out because <laughs> to me it's just like hey, if I'm Nikhil Harry and I read that report, it's like hey, Bill Belichick hates you. <laughs> that's, that's sort of that's what I would read into it. It's like this first round pick that didn't work out clearly, and I just you know I thought yeah, but like, they're oh, taking calls. So
3: there's like there's like a, a line of teams out there that are like super into Nikhil Harry after what he's done over the past two seasons. <laughs> Had a great they, game against the Seahawks last year. That's Flat true. Flat lines like in like 13 other games, and there's multiple teams you know hitting the Patriots complex up him. are you they doing played,
2: work for the Patriots? Uh, we have a very – our podcast is a, a big audience. Are you actually carrying oh. the water
4: trying to move Nikhil Harry in a trade right no, now? No, I'm laughing at it. I don't oh, – okay. he has struggled. He. They played Demir Bird, the Patriots, 90% of their snaps last year. I saw this while doing the – that was the second highest of any free agent wide receiver. That's how bad their offense was. Jacoby Myers was by far their number one receiver. They were desperate to have Harry – do anything the last couple years. And they drafted him over AJ Brown. That one kills me because they were very, they were looking for a certain type of player and they're very similar types of player. And man, did they make the wrong choice between those two. <laughs> so to be clear, you are not using our platform to improve the Patriots. Uh, what do they got to get for him? <laughs> a fifth round pick? Maybe. I don't know. Uh, all right. In cuts news, cuts, 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 um,
2: guard, Kevin Zeitler of the Giants. Uh, Vikings tackle Riley Reef, Titans cornerback Malcolm Butler all hit the street. Um, Butler was not the biggest problem in that Tennessee secondary, but he was um, highly paid. I'm sure he'll get work. I'm not sure what the situation was, was, is with Riley Reef. Zeitler actually graded well this year in PFF, but uh, maybe... Again, this comes back to the 183 salary cap situation, and the Giants needed that uh, versatility.
3: Right, he'll find a
4: job immediately, Zeitler. He, he will. Some of these guys, there, they maybe it is different this year to some degree because it does. It certainly feels maybe it's it also because I don't have Wes to help um, me out. But it's like feels like I'm adding a lot of guys to this top hundred list over and over. These guys getting cut are in the. 40 to 70 or 80 range. They they're like Landon Square in the middle. Riley, Reif, he'll he'll get a job, he'll start. Um Kyle Van Noy, like he'll get a job, maybe back with, you know, Malcolm Butler. Will, but I thought was kind of good last year. Uh like he'll get a job. These guys are are starting players. I do appreciate the theory that like you're going to get a lot of
3: free agents signing one-year deals because then the co- the cap hops back up big time next year and if you bet on yourself, you get a better right. deal. Next year.
4: I still don't believe any team is cutting a guy that they really like. That's kind of my – over. that's my big point is that if they believed in them, they would keep them. They would just find a way. You always find a way because you could change their salary to push it into next year. But they ultimately don't think Zeitler or Butler are like difference makers. They just think they're okay, and so then they'll cut them.
2: Right, but when you're the Titans and you couldn't cover anybody and now you – choose to save pennies or millions, let's be fair, uh, by cutting him off your team, it's like, all right, you better have a plan and you better draft well here or things are not going to get any better. Finally, Mark, ask me if Drew Brees has retired. (laughs) Dan, has Drew Brees retired, according to your reports? No.
4: That's what's happening in the news. (laughs) Good March 11th. Good segment. Let's
2: bring that back. (laughs) Um, All right, before we go and before we Tossed to Ricky and Sarah Thomas. Imagine like we're tossing to this and it's just Erica trashing the three of us to Sarah Thomas. And she Thomas is just like a little bit confused because she doesn't really know who we are. Uh, but Erica is just using um Thomas as a platform to share a lot of her anger about us and NFL media in general. And we 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 willfully tack it onto the show. That would, I would be love,
3: interesting. I would love to listen to that, to be honest.
2: <laughs> Erica, is that what's going to happen? We're flying blind on this.
1: Yeah, I mean, you trust me, right?
4: Yeah, that's sort of yeah, Mark's yeah. fantasy, you know. Just hearing people talk, you know, crazy trash on him, like just like I am a bad boy, you know. <laughs>
3: well, right? I don't. I think you're framing that in a certain way that I finally confirmation
4: that. of my bad boy
2: status.
3: <laughs> I think it would be cool if Erica was like dropping verbal bombs on us and then Sarah Thomas after. out of nowhere at the end of our show. It would be never, funny because she
4: would she would be just like. What am I doing here?
2: What? (laughs) I prefer the verbal bombs to be on other people, but I, I you know, either way, verbal bombs are usually fun. So, all right. Make sure you tune in at the end of this episode. Uh, Before we go, uh, let's play one of our uh, favorite little games. What you people don't realize. Mark, get us going.
3: I think something that is becoming clear, but a lot of people, um, not unlike the you two little beta boys who are supposed to uh, insult each other and that's what I'm calling you. That's what you are. And yeah, we well, just
4: not realizing I was kinda that into li- that. I mean I thought it was oh, insulting sort of just the general public, you know, listener, oh. you know, anything, not necessarily each other. Oh well then remove that.
3: I don't I don't <laughs> think that you're that you're that. Um I, we're we're not we have to wake Thank up. Thank you the for fact my fantasy live,
2: baseball team. Name, by the way, Beta there you is pretty
3: good. We have to wake up to the fact that we live in a a post Steelers uh, universe. Oh, a post Steelers. <laughs> like we are. We're well, back. Well, here's the thing. I don't like it all. I think they have been for years and years um, judicious in their decisions, um, excellent in many in many of their draft picks on offense specifically. But I'm looking at a team right now. That last year had the second worst run blocking grade. They could not run the ball. They were an imbalanced mess. And now you say goodbye to Marquise Pouncey. You do not get uh you're not gonna have Alejandro Villanueva back. That is um tough to replace these guys. The offensive line is a mess. Big Ben, you now have a bigger question at quarterback than you do an answer. Mm, And I, I think behind offensive lines that are crumbling, that's when teams start to go south. You're in a division where two other teams beside yourself made the playoffs last year. Both of them look better than you at the end of the year in the Ravens and Browns. And the Bengals, who knocked off the Titans and beat the Steelers with Ryan Finley smiling his way to like 50 yards on the ground in a bizarre primetime game knocking off pittsburgh the steelers are in hot water they can't just assume they're going to get four wins a year out of the state of ohio and all this other business i i sense that we now float into a world where the steelers are no longer the center of the afc
4: east or west of new england what did you call it a post-steelers universe
3: yeah post steelers america
4: yeah oh, wow you know that again, and I'm
2: all I'm all for this ultimately because I understand uh, as a Browns fan that the Steelers are hyper annoying because they've been an efficient franchise that beat up on you for the longest time. But for like the rest of us that aren't as like plugged into the that division, it's kind of been post Steelers for a while. They haven't even been to the AFC Championship game in a decade. Let I alone you, winning Super But they Super were Bowls. also
3: they were eleven and zero last year, and they've they been have gay. been a team that's constantly you just you would. You would never be laughed at to, to make them your Super Bowl team almost every year for the past 20-something
2: years. They haven't won a playoff game in four years. That's all I'm saying. They've been, they've been, I guess what I'm, what
3: I'm talking about is them floating away from even Got that it. area Got to it. a darker
2: place. That'd be nice. Who would you rather see float away to a dark place, the Steelers or the Ravens?
3: Hmm fantasy lands Uh, let's start with Pittsburgh
2: (laughs) all right we'll start with Pittsburgh and it's certainly possible the big question mark at quarterback I like that Uh, Greg uh, Mm. what do people not realize
4: I feel like I've already been talking about this so maybe you did realize you ignoramuses you know if you've been paying attention to the show but if not uh, maybe people wouldn't realize the salary cap still overrated I'm not, you know. Th- there's been like some victory laps I've been noticing on Twitter by, like, you know, it's like, hey, tough week for the uh, the salary cap is a myth, guys. It's like, show me the players. It's basically
2: a tough week for Greg Rosenthal. No, so it's on my it. radar.
4: No, I mean that they're saying that. I don't, I stand by it a hundred percent. Show me the players that were like incredibly valuable that the play that the teams wanted to keep, and I'll show you guys where you restructure their contract and you move it into the future and you do these ghost years that the Saints love doing and everyone, every team is doing now where you sign these phony contracts and you push it into the future when that money is being made. One of the reasons a lot of these guys, you know, are getting cut is because, and ignoramuses may not realize this either. I think your dollar is going to go further in this market and it is a one-year, a one-year thing. And I think the team's, either intentionally or not like the Jets, the Patriots, the Jaguars, the Colts, there's you know there's five or six that have more money ultimately in cap space than they really need. They're in a great spot because I think your money is going to go further in this market. So even a team like the Titans um who cut Malcolm Butler uh, or some other teams or that you know that are closer to the cap they still want or the bills were another example for me. They still want to get as much room as they can because I think they see a year where there are a lot of veterans out there that they could get for four or five million at a, a lower cost than they would in a normal year, like Mark said in those one year contracts so you still you still want to get that that money this year, and it is a different year that it helps, but teams aren 't cutting players they want that 's my point
3: oh, the other thing on the cap yeah. that annoys me is that when you go to over the cap and you look at the list. There's always two or three um, total trash bag operations that have way more cap space than everyone else. They don't spend money. They don't know how to spend it. They're always in the green, and or the black, I guess you would say, in a financial term, and they're not good. It's like I'd rather mm. be one of these teams that dances around the cap year after year, and you're in the AFC or NFC title game at
4: the same time. Right, there's been too much cap space the last few years. And so that that changes this year. That'll be different. But next year, it'll it'll shoot, you know... It'll shoot right back up. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. M- mine will be uh, kind of
2: circling back to the beginning of the show. Let's start with hearing uh, from Dak Prescott uh, at his press-, press conference this week. That's my plan is um, i get a parade in Dallas. I mean, obviously, as a competitor, you watch and you watch people celebrate and you watch people do what you want to do, um, uh, there's not too many more things that lights a fire under you than somebody having what you want. As a competitor, you watch and you watch people celebrate and you watch people do what you want to do, fire to it. And you throw on there that I was holding my leg and didn't even have a chance to be out there uh, while guys were doing what was taken away from me. Uh, I'm just excited to get out there and, and show you what this team is going to do. and. Um, the, the the next big press conference we have is, is hopefully in another year, after after that big parade. So there you go. So Dak is talking about Super Bowl parades and uh, what you simpletons out there uh, <laughs> don't realize is that you're getting sucked in again. It's going to happen, and it's not going to happen to me, but it's going to happen to you because Dak does this contract, and you hear all the flowery talk coming out of Jarrah World and. Uh, he's healthy, Dak, and that's going to be uh, you know, built on. And then you're going to hear in, uh, they're going to sign a couple buzzy free agents, Dallas. And then they're going to go and get the guy that everybody um, said they wanted in the draft. And then they're going to get to training camp. And Ezekiel Elliott is going to be in the, quote, best shape of his life, close quote. And all of a sudden, you're going to think the Cowboys are going to the playoffs. That's what you're going to do. I'm not going to do it. In fact, in fact, Ricky, hit my missive music. I, I got to hold myself accountable because this is I've been I've gotten this so many years wrong. I, Dan Hansis, the old Zeuser, aka Big Daddy Rich, what? aka the new old Blue Eyes, will not, under any circumstances, pick the Dallas Cowboys to win the NFC East. In 2021, this is a binding agreement that ensures the involved parties, the aforementioned new old blue eyes, has entered into an agreement and is expected to fulfill the obligations under said agreement, even if the Eagles, Giants and Washington football team all have a pretty decent chance to suck butt.
3: (laughs) Close missile. Wait a minute. What was the nickname you gave yourself
2: after Daddy Rich? Um, Where's Daddy Rich from? <laughs> Daddy Rich was uh, when I was uh, exploring uh, a nickname years ago. That was what uh, Wes had thrown out there because that was Chuck <laughs> Daly's nickname with the old Pistons team. <laughs> um, the new old blue eyes. That's just something that's been out there. It's percolating, and I guess it, it snuck its way into this. I mean, if you give wow. yourself
4: like multiple you know n- complimentary nicknames is that like past third person that's like sixth person you're 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 so far past it <laughs> i mean that's mostly contract
2: language uh i've just in the process of buying a house and when you're signing the final okay. paperwork sure. they actually track down every name that's ever been involved in a credit report and i found some some strange like when i would sign up for like rolling stone magazine or something and i used a dummy name, all of a sudden that was on this contract for my house. And I was
4: like, wow, what? OK, that's weird. So
3: Daddy Rich, though, you've not used well, any. Yeah, financial who are you? What were you? You were like
4: Ron Mexico or something I mean. at some point, <laughs> And I don't
2: know when this happened. I signed up as Dan Hewson for something, which is <laughs> the last name of Bono. His real his given last name, Paul Hewson. Oh I don't gosh. know when I did it. I don't know what it was for, but it showed up on this contract
4: paperwork. For this massive, biggest transaction of my life, anyway. Dan's, are, Dan's, the, Dan's the guy. He already has fake names for when he's so famous he has to go to hotels under like an assumed identity. <laughs> hey, if you're gonna put that contract down there, and you know you were like, okay, I'm not gonna pick them to win the division. Yeah, you know, big big deal. NFL.com picking. You could still even put them in the playoffs if you wanted. How about you just you know put a sandwich up right now? Then they're not even gonna make the playoffs. I'll take you on that if you do. Sure, I will too. Well, I guess I mean that's doubling
2: the the thing that does concern. Well, that would be, me, be
4: called super, like true conviction. Yeah, we would know that you really meant this. Well, whole the contract said win the NFC East, things. number one. But I, you know, the, the thing about the Eagles, Giants,
2: and Washington potentially sucking butt that that is very much on my radar with this. But I'm just working under the assumption that the Cowboys are going to trip over themselves again. But I don't feel. Confident, I'm just mm. – this is basically protecting myself from getting sucked into what's about to happen over the next three months, which is Cowboys hype, ceaseless, uh, couch within a division that's not very good. So I'm not going to take that wager, uh, but I'm also not going to pick uh, the Cowboys to win the NFC. I would just
3: say that if you're the listener right now that- – we went out a little soft here. I mean, if anything, you take the sandwich and you and you show. Yes, this is exactly how I feel. But we're hedging bets.
2: Yeah. Well, that's how do we know, measure
3: hype? I the new, the
2: new old blue eyes. He just he measures everything. It's just it's. I don't want to go all in. I just wanted to keep it, this. Set, it
4: has so. a very like mission accomplished vibe to it. Where yeah, absolutely just like, <laughs> way to
3: go, Brownie.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
4: um. All right. That's it. We'll
2: be back Monday again. The um. NFL Network Show is back. Watch the NFL Network Show. Give us a chance. Set your DVRs if that's a thing that you do. Find it somehow. And, and watch it. It's it's going to be fun. We're going to have some guests, and we're going to talk about free agency and all sorts of things and have fun doing it. Um, so check that out. And um, that's it. Have a great weekend, everybody. And remember now, it is time to throw it to Ricky Hollywood, who may be slaughtering us in the upcoming segment A sit down or a virtual sit down with Sarah Thomas, the first female official in the NFL. Girl power! Let it
1: rip, Ricky! Joining me now is trailblazing NFL referee, Sarah Thomas. Sarah is the league's first full-time female official. She's been officiating NFL games for six seasons now, right, Sarah?
5: Right. I just finished my sixth season. It's crazy.
1: I know. And the most recent of which culminated with her working as the down judge in Super Bowl 55. Sarah, first of all, thank you for joining us. Second, I have to ask, does your head hurt from shattering the glass ceiling?
5: Um, you know, I like to say I shattered the the grass ceiling, so it's a little softer. Yes. Because we're on a, a turf, I guess. But no, I, I just, um, I, I, I don't even think of it that way, right? But I know that it is a milestone for so many young girls that are aspiring to do something that they don't have to say, can girls do that anymore? Because uh, CNN is believing it and they can go do it. So Sarah, you're
1: a basketball player in college and a good one. Do you think being an athlete or former athlete should be a requirement for a career in you know, being a referee?
5: I don't know necessarily a requirement to be an official, but I definitely can say that it, it helped me and my mindset just being a former athlete and, the coaches and the teammates, it's kind of like the same thing in the world of officiating. We have our supervisors or our coaches and we have our teammates, which we call crew. Okay. And so it's just being able to go through that constructive criticism and, and applying it or your successes, that's great, but knowing that you get to share it with other crewmates or teammates. But it's just those trying times as a former athlete that you just have to dig deep when you don't think you can run another suicide and you just have to <laughs> find that strength to keep going. Is a lot like the mentality I have out there on the field, so I don't know necessarily a requirement, uh, but I can tell you it definitely has helped me.
1: I mean, you've got to be super athletic, though. I mean, you're, what is a preparation for a game?
5: Yeah, it's uh, you know during the off season, but there really is no off season with NFL officials or really of uh, even college officials. But it's um, you know that lifestyle of maintaining some type of uh, strength and conditioning, if you will, and the older. I get I just want it to where I don't um, I stay in shape enough to where I don't injure myself. Right. Right. Um, and yeah, you've, you've got to be mobile. And and we go through agility drills at the beginning of the season. But at some point you get on up in age and all that athletic ability. I mean, I know that the mindset's there, but I'm going to be throwing out the first pitch at my son's game this this Saturday in Meridian. And I'm like, oh, cool. And I'm like going, yeah, but it's been a long time since I've actually thrown a baseball from the mound to home <laughs> plate. But uh, yeah, when you get in your 50s and 60s, I think the athletic ability just goes away. I think it's more of like maintaining uh, to where you don't get hurt.
1: So for the picking for the Super Bowl, the process, was it like, oh, I got to get my 40 time down if, if I want to make this game? Or how, does that, how would, did
5: that process happen? No, I mean, yes, you've got to be able to move. Okay, you know, right. we've got to be able to move, be in position and be focused out there on the field. But those 40-yard sprints really don't mean anything because, uh, you know, we can't keep up with the players out there on the field. We just right. – I'm out there on the sideline, I'm hoping that the defensive team will come up and slow down the running back to where I can <laughs> catch up, give me, a, give, yeah. me a little, give me a little relief there. But we, uh, we are graded. Every game in the NFL is graded. Really? Yes. And so you start out, let's say, with 100, and you can only go down from there. So it's like you want to make sure you're correct. And if you throw something that's incorrect – uh, that hurts your chances of playoffs and the the ranking from number 1 to number 2 is a very very small percentage so really? it's um yeah so every every game is graded for every official
1: wow okay i did i had no idea that that even yeah. happened that's cool do you have a twitter do you see what people are talking about when when the officials are
5: happening during during the game yeah so i do have a twitter but it's it's kind of secretive but i've started to like tweet stuff about my kids cuz they're uh, my oldest is a middle infielder, just having the time of his life at Meridian. Nice. And I have a junior that is six uh, five, catching and is a switch hitter. So I'm starting to kind of want to tweet stuff about them. But as far as the stuff that's on Twitter or any of the social media outlets, it doesn't bother me. It's kind of comical, if you will. It's got to be that people sit behind a computer screen or on a phone and they feel as if they're God and they're experts about everything, but uh, I don't see them out there applying themselves, you know? So it's just, it's funny. Are there any specific
1: calls you've made at any point in your career that really stick with you for better or for worse?
5: I would say there are calls that you make that, you know, it impacted the game and you want those to be in a very positive way. And then the ones that you sit back and it's that one play that just eats at you or keeps you up at night, I would be lying if I said that they're they're not those, but you just have to say you know, put it to bed. There was a play, my rookie year that I, I called a fourth time out and there's only three per half and it's just <laughs> like I wanted to crawl underneath the turf. but you you learn from you learn from those and you just have to have short-term memory because if you're still thinking about it, the next Sunday you work, it's kind of like playing sports. If you yeah. make an error, you better clear your head because the ball's coming right back at you.
1: Yeah, I was umpiring for um one of my brother's little league games like 15 years ago and I was on first base and it was a really tight game. It's little league in New England like didn't mean anything and I remember saying, "Out," but I did the safe sign and the parents on the side, you would have thought that I made the biggest mistake of my entire, you know, career. And that was the last time I did it. So I think there's something in you that is definitely uh better, uh better than me.
5: Let's just put it that way. <laughs> I don't know. Somebody asked me one time, they go, how do you get prepared for like the players and the coaches? And I go little league football, flag football and little league, like it, the peewee league, the, the fans and the coaches is nuts. Yeah. yeah. So I can do only feel- imagine how brutal it was when you did that.
1: Oh, yeah. No, I I still still don't sleep at night because of it. Fifteen years later. Do you have to feel like you ever have to sort of talk more smack or sort of not, you know, hide your femininity, but also sort of like show these boys, you know, these men, these huge football players and coaches like you
5: mean business? Never, never. Absolutely never. I just I've learned this through probably athletics that I've got to prove to myself that I belong because it starts with me. But me right. to talk more smack. I, be, I, I just I'm I, I like to have a good time out there. And I take it back to when I was playing. I hated the officials and truth be told, <laughs> they hated me. So I just don't want to be recognized, if you will. I want to do my job and have a good time while I'm doing it. That's awesome. What plans do you think we could put in place in order
1: to make officiating and coaching careers more commonplace for women and young girls?
5: I believe that the NFL is doing that. I, I think you're seeing a lot more, of course, females in various roles within the NFL. And it's funny when the NFL does something, the other conferences and colleges and it just kind of trinkles down. Mm-hmm. And it's just letting them get in at a grassroots level. Start coaching your peewee, uh, your son's team or your brother's team, just and working your way up. And I, I truly believe when they're seeing more women out there, more women will get involved.
1: Absolutely. Um, do you have a favorite call or signal or hand signal? Because these are these are so fun to watch.
5: Yeah, <laughs> I just want to make sure I get it right. I definitely don't want to call pass interference and give the hand signal for holding, kind of like the the out and the safe. Um, yeah. Oh, I, I no. know. <laughs> I to make sure that it's the unusual ones that we don't call too often that you go, oh gosh, what is it? You know, when I'm giving my preliminary something yeah. like that. But no, it's whatever. So, there's, on that note, there's some gestures you can't do out there, oh. you know, that you would like to do. <laughs> Absolutely.
1: <laughs> well, this is well above my pay grade. And I mean, everything is, but I couldn't help but think there are some official hand signals that could use a more modern upgrade. And I have a few ideas in mind to kind of liven things up. Do you mind if I run them by you? Yeah, run them by me. Okay. So this first one I don't believe has its own specific signal yet. It's the fumble, Sarah. And I think I'm thinking the best way to illustrate a fumble is by making a total yikes face oh. and like shifting your eyes back and forth and then just kind of shrugging anxiously like, <laughs> like this. Yeah. Um, just like a big whoops moment. Thoughts, yeah. suggestions. Like this is a team effort, Sarah. I, I'm totally open to, to your critique. Yeah, so
5: the funny thing is we don't do a signal during a fumble, but we do throw a bing bag. Okay. And that's kind of like, oops, I guess if you throw it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So this Fumble.
1: Okay, good. So next time I'll be looking to see if, you know, you're doing this out on the okay. field. Okay. Um, The next one is delay of game. So if you of course know the the current signal the, the, like this, well, no offense, but that doesn't make any sense at all. So okay. here's what I propose. You tap your wrists repeatedly, like you're a cartoon waiting in line and just go ahead and throw in an eye roll or smirk for good measure. Like, yeah, like this? I'll tell
5: the, the, the back judge does the, the delay of game. So I'll I'll pitch it to the back judges and say, hey, I think we should consider this.
1: Yeah, OK, that's that's all I'm asking for, just to get it, just to get an introduction. That's that's awesome. So now this one coincidentally also doesn't add up for me, Sarah. It's the personal foul. And I mean, like, what is that? I think we totally scrap it and instead act out that Denzel Washington, like, thank God, gif, you know, the one where he puts his hand on his heart and takes a sigh yeah. of relief
5: yeah, um, that feels
1: personal. Like any feedback there? I mean,
5: it's I more expressive. Say, when, we, when we call it in the signal, I thought you were going to say it's more like punching or something, you know? Yeah, like they yeah. Got after it. yeah, they did the business. I think there was an official that said that one time. Okay, so Washington, the plug for him. That's good.
1: I think that's good. Yeah. So if you wouldn't mind taking these up the ranks, um, I'm happy to to pitch these at, at, you know, in a meeting or or whatever, if you think that they're worthwhile.
5: Well, like you, uh, there are a lot of other people that are way above my pay grade. So I'll pitch (laughs) it to them that have more uh, pool, I guess, if you will. But yeah, I, I can talk to somebody.
1: Okay, great. That's that's awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah. Um, all right, Sarah, before I let you go, I want to play a game we play with all our celebrity official guests. It's called Good Call, Bad Call. And I'm going to read through some statements, some some football-related, some not so much, rapid-fire style. And you okay. tell me if each is a good call or a bad call. All right. Signing Beyonce to a
5: lifetime Super Bowl halftime show contract. That's a great call. She is She's bad to the bone because she... Could have people in front of her. So, others, you know, I mean, Beyonce, yeah. I say, yeah.
1: Good. Putting olives in a nacho dish meant for a group. Good call, bad call. Not bad call. Bad call. Wearing vertical stripes. Very slimming. Yeah, good call. Good call. Listening to murder mystery podcasts before you go to sleep. Yeah, bad call. Screaming at the refs at a youth sporting event. Hmm. Bad call. Okay. Doing the gritty TD dance after making a solid point in a business meeting. Oh yeah, definitely good call. Absolutely. Yeah, proposing to a significant other at a football stadium. Mm-mm. Bad yeah, call, bad, right? Yeah. Starting an email with the words, "It's nice to e-meet you." <laughs> uh, bad call. Doing a TikTok dance on your opponent's logo.
5: Hmm. I'll be uh, politically correct here. Bad call.
1: Parting your hair on the side, a.k.a. the side part.
5: Yeah. Yeah, good call. Me too.
1: Rhythmically challenged coaches doing locker room dances with the team. Oh, good call. Go ahead. Eating an entire sheet cake minutes ahead of kickoff. Bad call. Celebrating a victory by smashing your body into tables.
5: (laughs) Bad call. Stupid.
1: (laughs) Rebooting Sex and the City without Samantha.
5: Oh, Terrible call. Terrible call.
1: Playing catch with the uh, Lombardi trophy on a boat. Uh, I played the fifth. (laughs) Going on vacation by yourself. Good call. Asking a woman who works for the NFL, but do you actually like football? Bad call. (laughs) All right. Last question before I let you go. Um, practice all those new hand signals that I already taught you do you have a secret handshake with the other women in the NFL and can I be included
5: I don't currently but now you've got my wheels spinning so maybe we'll come up with one and you'll be the first one that I'll do it with how about that yeah that's perfect and I'll be looking you know next season for you and once
1: in a while if you do this I'm gonna be like that's a Ricky Hollywood shout out that's exactly right Sarah thank you so much and congrats on all your success it's been so amazing to watch